Welcome to the Success Journey Show. Let's travel together through the lives of individuals on the road to success. Hey, what's going on, travelers? Listen, life is a journey, and it's good to have people on your journey to success who are willing to grow, who are willing to share some directions with you, some pointers, and that's what we're doing here on the Success Journey Show. This is Ricky Venters, and I'm here with none other than Marlon Madden. Marlon, what's good, bro? How you doing? Very excited about this one because we're talking to someone across the waters, across the pond. Across um, the pond. Over there in London. So uh, yes, sir. He, he, he could go through everything. Um, we have Ali on the line. Hey, Ali. Hey, how are we? Great, bag. I'm excited to do this with you guys. All right. All right, hey, for, before, before... One thing to point out, though, guys. One thing to point out. Yeah. I'm not from London. Oh, yeah. So what, what, let, what, what, let's what, what, not get that twisted. <laughs> 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 this is a problem with you with you Americans. You think we're all from London, but I'm not from London. <laughs> hey, thanks for correcting us, man. Tell, tell us exactly where you're from, then. <laughs> I'm from Nottingham, but you guys would probably say Nottingham. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And oh, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. that is Robin Hood country. So everyone knows Robin Hood. So that's probably our most famous figure. Uh, but we're about two hours away from London. So we're in the middle of the United Kingdom, in the middle of England, right in the middle. You can't get any further away from the sea than where we are. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Hey, I always <laughs> wanted to know, man. You know, we we say you guys have, of course, you we have an accent to you, and you have we you have an accent to us. But do we sound strange to you guys? Mm, not really, because I have a lot of friends over in the U.S., and I'm used to speaking to people from the states. So, yes, your accent is different, but it it doesn't sound strange. Okay, okay, cool, man, cool. Hey, um, if you can, just give us a little. Not just a little, but just could tell us what's, what, what, what you're all about, man. For sure. So my name's Ali West. Uh, I'm currently 31 years young. I own a business called Kinetic Fitness with my wife. So Kinetic Fitness is a, is a gym. Uh, we're centered in Nottingham. We're right in the heart of our city, so right in the middle of the town. And uh, we help people get in the best shape of their lives. We, we concentrate on fitness, nutrition, mindset. We try and look at health and wellness very holistically. So we don't just focus on the body. It's the mind, the body and the spirit because they're all important. And at the end of this month, on the 30th of January, we've been open two years and it's uh, been a long, hard battle, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, but we're up to 550 members now. We've got many clients on private training as well and back last year in april i launched my own podcast called kinetic fit uh, the kinetic fitness show so the same name as the gym and that's been steadily growing i'm up to about uh, i'm just about to put out my 34th episode and um yeah that's been going well i've been quite blessed to have had some amazing guests on um, even though the podcast is in its infancy, I've had some big guests. We've covered loads of topics from fitness to mindset, to psychology, nutrition, meditation. Um, so for me, health and wellbeing is, is the complete package. I don't think you can just focus on one area. It's got to be, it's got to be every, everything. And 
at the end of the day, who doesn't want to be healthy? We all want to be healthy. And when we're healthy, we can function better and everything's better in life. So for me, it's all uh, to start with, it's all about helping people and how can I help them to, to be healthier and be happier. Um, so that's kind of me. That's where I'm at at the moment, but there's, I guess there's more to the story as well. If you, and I'm sure we're going to dig into that as well. Oh, definitely, man. Definitely, man. So, you know, I'm, I'm big on people being entrepreneurs. I love the fact that you, you say you're 31 years young and you're, 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 you're a go-getter. Can you explain to us the process that it took for you to actually own a gym and you saying it's, it's growing two years, 500 and something members. That's, that's a great feat. So can you just explain to to the listeners what it took to get the gym and what you had to do to sustain it? Yeah, no problem. Before I go into that, I'll, I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. So my whole growing up background was all centered around sport. So I played soccer, as you guys call it. <laughs> we call it football. Because <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> we play with our feet, not with our hands, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm from Jamaica, so I know we call it football out there too, man. Yeah, cool. So so soccer was, was my background growing up. And I played soccer from like six, seven years old, right up. Uh, I'm still playing now, but when I was left school around 15, 16, I was lucky enough to go into an academy program. Um, It wasn't a professional club because we have semi-professional and professional over here. So it was a semi-professional club, but it was a relatively high standard. So um, like a couple of leagues below playing professional soccer. Um, And that was going well. I was was learning Mm. whilst playing. So very much like you guys have your scholarships university over there I was doing the same sort of thing so morning would be training afternoon would be study and learning um and that was all cool I did that from like 16 to 18 I was loving it I was got to play all over the UK um at various grounds and stadiums and I was enjoying it I mean it's every boy's dream here in the UK to to be a a soccer player or to play soccer every single day so I was kind of living the dream and then when I was uh, 19, I tore my ACL. So, uh, it was a Wednesday night. I was playing on the wing, went across the ball, non-contact knee went one way, hit went the other ACL completely. Snapped. And oh, at the time I was probably playing the best I've ever played in my life. Uh, I had scouts watching, um, don't get me wrong. I was never the most talented soccer player. There was players in my team that had, 10 times, 50 times more ability than me. But what I had was the determination and the drive. And we'll go into that in, a, in more detail. But I, I always worked hard because I knew I wasn't as good as some of the other guys. I worked, I worked hard and I put my all into every single training session. So I was playing well. And when that happened, I didn't really know what I'd done. And I went to see various specialists, professionals, physios, etc. And it came to the point where I had an MRI scan and there was like, yeah, you've completely ruptured your ACL. You're not going to play football probably for a year at, at the very least. And to me, that was like taking everything away from me. Do you know what I mean? This is what yeah. I put all of my passion into my time. And at that point, I didn't realize how bad it was really going to be. So I had decided that I had to have the reconstruction because I don't know if you guys know, but for the listeners, 
the ACL governs all lateral and rotational movement and soccer, as well as most sports, American football, basketball, they're all lateral and rotational. So if you haven't got an ACL, <laughs> you're pretty much screwed. You're not, you're not yeah. going to be able to play this. So I decided to have reconstruction surgery. Um, and I had 11 months of intensive uh, physiotherapy and when that had happened, all in all, from when I first did the injury to getting back playing, it was about 70, no, sorry, longer than that. It was probably about 19, 20 months. So it was a long time out. When I came back to playing, everything at the club I was at was changed. I was obviously nearly 20 years old at the time. And um, I had to reevaluate. I had to think, this isn't probably going to work out now for me, the football avenue. So I looked into coaching. I did my coaching qualifications in soccer um, and started to coach at a few clubs professionally. And I was doing that and I was enjoying the coaching, but <laughs> I'm not going to lie, the money wasn't great. And <laughs> also, I was, a lot of the time I was more babysitting than actual coaching. So I had like maybe five, seven-year-olds and it's not their fault. Uh, the parents have probably plonked them there at, at the at the start of camp or whatever, and they don't necessarily want to be there. They're just like messing about, and you're like, "All oh, right, I, I didn't do this to be a babysitter. I did it to be a coach." So again, it was another reevaluation, and randomly, uh, a friend at the time said, "Have you considered going into fitness, into personal training?" And I hadn't. I'd never really stepped foot in a gym. I'd never. Um, other than with the with the with the soccer team, the odd kind of bit of cardio in there, or maybe some light core sessions, I'd never really been into a gym. I didn't know anything about it. It didn't really interest me because I'd always come from that team background. But I decided, do you know what? Maybe give it a shot. So I took an intensive personal training qualification and sports massage qualification, and that was when I was twenty years old. And I got into working in a big corporate health club. I was very lucky to go into uh, an environment where it was a big health club. So similar to you guys have your goals, gyms, uh, life fitness, et cetera, over there. There for three years and decided to go out on my own um, back in 2011. Um, I started working out of a private training facility a multi-million pound apartment complex with a private uh, personal training studio in. We had treatment rooms, we had therapy on site as well, etc. And did that for five years, built up a client base. And the next logical step was, right, how do I take this to the next level? And I decided to go out and open my own space, open my own facility. And yeah, I got I got the the relevant funding, found the location, and the rest is history, you could say. Mm, mm. I want to. I want to unpack, unpack that real a little bit more. Um, yeah, for sure. Talk about that whole reevaluation aspect when you got to those different um, points in your life. So, you, just so people can visualize it a little bit more. So, you come back on the field after your rehabilitation, um, after your injury, and you say you're 20 years old and you're out there and you had to reevaluate, okay, is soccer or football, is this going to be the, the pathway um, for me now? Now, what made you question yourself? What made you sit there and have to reevaluate? What, what events were happening to make you make that pause? There was a couple of things. I think the first one was 
I felt like I'd slowed down a little bit. I mean, I was never, <laughs> I was never used to it, but I felt like I'd slowed down. So there was, there's, there was guys maybe three, four years younger than me, 16, 17, and they were like leaving me for dead. And I was like, maybe I've slowed down a little bit. And then secondly, a couple of the guys that I'd, I'd grown up with uh, in that team, in that academy setup, they'd been picked up by professional clubs. And mm. we will talk about this later in the podcast. And I, and, I, and I don't like to compare myself with others, but when you're at a young age, you're like, okay, they're there. I'm not there. Maybe this isn't going to work for me. Maybe this isn't right. Maybe this is not my, my path or my journey. Mm. So I kind of made a conscious decision that it wasn't going to work out. And what is the next step? How can I keep moving forward and not uh, stagnate? Because I had plenty of friends that were maybe just going into a career or um, maybe not even a career, maybe just sacking it off and sitting at home. And others that, that were working apprenticeships, such as electricians, plumbers, etc. So I had to figure out where I was going to go and what was going to be the step. So I guess they were the two things that I'd slowed down, and the fact that uh, other people that I knew were were making it in the game already. And I don't know what if you guys and your listeners know much about the the, the game over here, but obviously soccer is huge. It's the it's the it's the yeah. main sport, and you have to be in it and at a professional club at a young age, there's not very many people that go beyond the age of 17, 18 that get picked up by professional clubs wow. unless they're super talented. So most of these people, the young English players that you see playing in the in the Premier League or the leagues below over here, they have been at those clubs from like maybe the age of seven or eight. Wow. So that's another thing that was wow. in my mind at the time. Oh, wow. 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 Yeah, I, I figured it was something like that, man, because I have similar experiences every time I walk on a basketball court now and, and all these kids are flying past me left to right. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to play maybe one game or two games and get off this court. You know, the game is it, it, a little different or I'm or I'm a little slower and older. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You're slower and older. Um, Ali. So. So check. So check it out. What's what's your background like in terms of your family dynamics? Because. You know, you said you worked for these different, um, you know, places for a while, five years and, and, and such of the sort. But what made you say that have that entrepreneurial mindset that at 25, 26 or whatever age you started your 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 gym? What gave you that inclination that, yo, I need to go in and just own my own? I think that the entrepreneurial mindset was in me from a young age. So my grandfather, he was a very successful businessman. He ran his own business for many years, retired relatively young, um, managed to see a lot of the world before he passed away and had uh, a good financial head on him as well. So looking up to him, this is my, this is my dad's dad. So looking up to him, I, I thought I want to be like that. I want to kind of live the lifestyle that he's had and he always enjoyed himself and, and made the most of life. So that was a big thing looking up to him, but I think it was embedded in me as well from my parents. So when I was very young, um, my parents did Amway, you guys know Amway? Yes, I know Amway. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So they were Amway distributors and, um, 
Amway at the time were, I don't, I don't know what they're like now, but they were very much about the positivity and that mindset of, of an entrepreneur. And they, my mum and dad used to go to seminars and come back like, Oh, we saw this amazing speaker and this is what we want to do. And, and we, we, we want to be super successful. And they always used to kind of put motivational quotes around the house and then they'd read in all of these positive books, you know, you, you think and grow, grow rich and, you, you go get a books. And so that was around me growing up. And I think that's had a big impact on my life. But one thing to point out is that although this was coming from my parents, my parents didn't really do anything with it, if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, were, they were saying it, but they weren't doing it. My mum and dad were very much career-based. They were in jobs. Uh, my mum used to work a lot of long hours, um, nights sometimes as well. And my dad would, my dad's in the building trade, so he's a surveyor. So he was always kind of working away on building sites or or, or out and about working. So my mum and dad worked hard, and I had a great, I had a great upbringing. They were they, they were great. My parents they they always supported me. Um, we weren't rich, but we weren't poor. But they 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 were they were always there to support me, and they were always positive. But one thing that stuck in my mind as I was growing up and I was like, okay, you're saying this, but you're not doing it. But when I'm a bit older, I'm not just going to say it. I'm going to do it as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Now, owning your Mm. own business, right? A lot of people see somebody that owned their own business that their whole thing is, man, when I own my own business, I can do what I want. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do this. I'm my own boss. I set my own hours. I want you to explain to uh, the listeners what it takes to run your own business. Three things. Blood, sweat, tears. (laughs) Come on, tell them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, anyone that says running your own business is easy. He's a liar. Because... (laughs) It's, it's hard work. I mean, and it's people, the, the thing that's overused at the moment is this word hustle. Everyone's like hustle, hustle, hustle. You've got to hustle. And to some degree you have, but you've got to also work smart as well. You, you can't, there's no good working a hundred hour weeks if that hundred hours isn't towards your goals and your vision and your dreams and your aspirations. So anyone can work hundred hours a week. You can do a hundred hours a week, just like tapping on a computer or messing about. And you could say I've worked hard because I've done a hundred hours that week. But if it's not aligned with, with your values and what you want to achieve and the vision of your future self, then it, that's a waste of time to me. So yes, you have to work hard, but you have to make that hard work uh, aligned and focused and the other thing to point out about running your own business is you're going to have more probably downs than you will have ups. So especially being in it with my wife, like we're, we're together the whole time. So me and my wife, Sarah, we're the forefront of the business. We're the face of the business. We're always together. We're a great team. We're a great support system for each other. But when you're there in it all the time, you've got to be able to, absorb what's coming in, roll with the punches and keep moving forward because it is going to be a lot of downs. There's going to be times where you're going to think, do you know what? Screw this. I'm giving up. I'm going to quit. And then you've got to reel yourself back and say, no, okay, what is this message or this situation showing me? What lesson can I learn from it? And how can I 
put it to the back of my mind or take it on board and move forward and keep going towards where I want to be. And that is one thing that I, I think a lot of business owners don't tell people is that you're going to have more downs than you are up. But when you get to the ups, man, they're worth it. You've been listening to the Success Journey Show. You can check us out on our social media on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Also on our website, thesuccessjourneyshow.com. Enjoy the rest of the show. Talk about talk about a little bit about that, um, you know, that first year or the first six months, man, of opening up your own practice, your own gym, your own fitness club. You know, what experiences from your previous fitness club were, were positive ones that you were able to carry over? Which ones that you say, oh, no, nah, I'm not going to do that in mind? What kind of shaped your mind as to how you're going to set up your new um, organization? I'm going to put everything into a bit of context because the, the last two years since we opened in 2017 have been a crazy roller coaster. So I'm not going to go on too long, but I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a bit of the story because I know you guys like the stories and the listeners will, will probably like this and be able to relate to it as well. And you're probably going to learn a lot about me and there will be people that maybe my friends that will listen to this, that will learn stuff that they probably didn't even know about me with with the next little bit that I'm going to say. But anyway, going back to, pre-opening I just ran a very small one-to-one personal training private training business so I was training my clients I was maybe doing 25 clients a week um trying to balance my diary trying to do everything so I was I was the trainer I was answering the phone I was the marketer everything I was doing everything after about four years, I decided to hire an admin assistant and that helped a little bit. So it was me plus one. So that gave me some experience of managing staff, but I never thought owning my own facility compared to being a, a one-to-one private trainer would be so different. The The jump was astronomical. It was a huge jump. So I went from a small 1,000 square feet facility to owning my own nine and a half thousand square foot facility with staff to manage um, all the running of the business to do or the financial side, you know, everything, everything that a business needs to, to run and be successful. So I don't think all of that eight years of experience of being a one-to-one trainer had prepared me. It had prepared me obviously, but I wasn't aware of how big the jump was and how different it is running a larger operation. So there is a big difference to being a a very small business to being a small to medium business. That's the first thing to point out. When I started as well, the first six months, uh, I'd probably say the first six months were the hardest and the worst time of this (laughs) business of kinetic fitness. Um, I started off my business with a business partner and this is another thing. Um, my granddad once said to me when I was younger, he said, there's two ships that you don't want to be in a sinking ship and a partnership. <laughs> smart man, smart man. <laughs> but, but I didn't listen to him. Did I? I didn't listen to him. And I, I went into business with a business partner. And this is another thing like we, I'm going to talk a lot today about lessons and learning lessons you learn your lesson. At the time, I didn't know any wiser. I didn't have the knowledge and the awareness to know not to, 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 to go into a business partnership. At the time, it was right. It was what worked and what was what I believed was going to work. But time is a great revealer. I soon found out that it wasn't going to work. 
Um, for, for one reason or other, I'm not going to go into too much detail. That didn't work out. My business partner came away from the, at the time he, he's, he's subsequently come away from the business. So that was tough. And then it went to being just me and my wife. And, um, we had so many struggles, um, through bad decisions and maybe bad timing, you could say, um, the cash, the cash flow was really bad to start. Financially, we was in a really bad situation for the first year. We was we, finances were really bad. They were, they were negatives. We were struggling big time. Um, so, the first year, I'd say, was just just. Some people would say hell, and some people would like look at what happened to to me and my wife and think, wow, how did you not have a nervous breakdown? because we literally had it all. We had like creditors, like banging on the door, people chasing us for money. Um, <laughs> like, honestly, you name it, it happened. And, and we had so much, even in just the first 18 months, so much happened that most people would have said, do you know what? This isn't for me and given up. Um, and I'm not going to lie. There was probably times where we was both crying in the office, me and my wife and thinking, what have we done? Have we, have we done the right thing here? Because my, my wife left a, a high paying corporate job to come on board with the business. So she'd risked a lot as well. She'd given up all of our kind of income to, to come on board with it. But she was, she was a, she's like me. She's very passionate about, about fitness. She's very much a, a visionary and a, an entrepreneur. So she didn't want to work in that corporate environment forever. So she came on board, gave up all of our, our sources of income. And you're sitting there with no money coming in and things are in the negatives and you've got debt collectors knocking at the door and people trying to get cash out of you and you don't know how you're going to pay the rent at home, never mind on the business. It, it's a scary situation. And all of that has been brought to me or was brought to me, I think, for a reason to, to show me that this is what you are meant to do. You are here. Like my purpose is, is here to help people. And I never lost sight of that. I always said, right, what am I here to do? I'm here to help as many people as I can to be healthier, to be happier, to live more joyful lives. And I focused that and I kept that in my mind and said, right, when the going gets tough, look, what are we doing it for? We're doing it for the right reasons. And whether the growth is slow or the growth is fast, we're still going to grow and we're still going to help people. And all those tough times we got, we got out of, um, we're the other side of it now. Um, but yeah, man, we've had it all. We've had, we've had it all like threaten of legal action, you name it, we've had it, but we've come the other side and things are progressing now. So I don't know what the original question was and I've gone off on one there, but <laughs> no, 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 no. This is good, man. This is, no, this is good. I need to hear because a lot of, a lot of people, when they start a business, the only thing they're, they're thinking of is first of all, just like you said, they don't, they don't know their per true purpose. And because they don't know their true purpose, it's easy for them to quit because they can't remember that, or they don't know that. Second is that, when they're in a job, in a business, or they see the tough times, they cannot see their way through it because the purpose is not there. And second is that dream that you and your wife had that no matter what happens, she left her corporate job, no matter what happens, we're going to um, stick through this. And, you know, you're just talking about how you had creditors running you down and everything. That is that story right there. That's. 
within itself should motivate people to know that when the tough gets going, you have to just push through it. And like you said, on the other side is where you get the gratification. For sure. It's about coming away from that comfort zone as well, because I'm one of them people and my wife will vouch for this. I don't like confrontation. I'm not a confrontational kind of guy. I like to get on with people. Um, I like to have a chat. I like to make friends. I'm not one of those that's going to like cause confrontation. So with all that pressure and when people are chasing you for money, it, it, it's hard. And But I had to man up and I had to face it. And when you guys earlier were talking about hard work, that's probably hard work from a different angle is, is facing your fears, manning up, growing a set and just getting on with it. Uh, <laughs> pushing through because... Like you say, the good things will come out of the other side and the hard times are there to send, uh, are sent to testers to, to say, right, okay, Ali, this is what we're going to throw at you. How hard are you? How tough are you? How can you handle it? How can you respond? How can you learn your lesson? How can you become more self-aware, more aware of your surroundings? And how can you take that and move it forward in a positive direction to be the best you can be. And also to, like you say, to, to live that dream and live that aspiration and li live that vision and that life purpose. And for me, having, having a vision, having a purpose, knowing your values, they are like so underestimated. Businesses talk about them, gurus talk about them, but I don't think people take them on and realize how powerful they are. Just getting a piece of paper out and a pen and writing down your vision for your future self and what you believe your life purpose to be, that in itself, that one exercise will change your life. Mm. Mm -hmm. Man, 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 I was packed, Ali, man. I, I love it. I love it. Like, so, so <clears throat> for our listeners out there, which uh, probably a few of them have memberships to gyms, you know, they, they go uh, on occasion. <laughs> show up in there um typically in the beginning of the year or around you know summer's the spring when summer's getting ready to peek his head around over here and you know but i don't think they really understand what it takes to operate a gym from a day-to-day -day. and you don't have to go into all the details but just from an owner's perspective you know what are some things that you have to do on a, on a daily basis um in order to keep your your gym up functional and a place where your your um, members want to continue to come. To. Yeah, for sure. Well, there's a lot of things that me and my wife do. We're a very small team. Um, and I learned that early on that we couldn't have a massive team because the most critical thing to any business is cash flow. So you've got to make sure that you're managing your wage bill and you're not taking on too many stuff. So we've got a team of five. There's me, my wife. We have a full-time personal trainer called Ben. And then we have two receptionists. Amy and Reen that, that cover the reception area. So there's only five of us. We're a very small team. And as you can imagine, we're open uh, 97 hours a week or 98 hours a week. So we're open oh, a long time. So for, for five people, that's a lot of hours to cover. But we manage, we do it, we split it between us. Um, it works well. But in terms of day-to-day -day operations, I mean, the biggest, the biggest thing for us and the key thing for us, and this has been my, my focus all the way from when we very first opened, is about how can we provide our members with, number one, 
the best possible experience and number two, the most amount of value for the money that they're paying. So it's mm. for us, it's about creating an environment where people want to go. They don't feel intimidated. They are getting value for money. They're able to get on all the equipment they want. So one key thing that we're doing is we're going to be capping our membership at around about a thousand members because in, by doing that, it allows us to number one, still provide the high value service and, uh, to our customers and to our members, but secondly, allows them to be able to use all of the equipment they want they want to use. One of the biggest problems over here in the UK, this is that was the wrong word, not a problem because it's great for the industry, but we have a lot of what we call budget gyms now. So where you can sign up for like five pounds, ten pounds, or well, fifteen, twenty dollars to you guys um, a month, and it's a very cheap entry point for the user. We okay. don't put ourselves like that. We're higher up the up the scale. We're more of what I'd call a medium price facility. Um, but people are looking at that now and saying, well, why would I join your gym when I can go around the corner and pay £10 a month or £15 a month? And this is where we have to be very good at explaining what we do. So we give that high tailored service to each and every member. So when a member comes on board with us, they have their first hour in the gym with a personal trainer. We go through what's called a program design questionnaire where we find out um, people's style of exercise that they prefer, their goals, their motivation, their level of commitment. We do what's called motivational interviewing with them. And once we've got all of that information, we plan them out a personalized and tailored plan that they can follow each and every time they come into the gym on their own. And that's accessed via an app that's all cloud-based so they can look at their exercises, they can record it, they can sync it, they can interact with the trainer. And all of that is part of our standard membership. And there's not many gyms that do that. So it's about giving that higher level of service to our members. Um, other things that we do is... We do all the nitty gritty stuff. So marketing, you have to keep marketing because your customers need to know who you are and where you're at. <laughs> Unfortunately, we have to do cleaning because we haven't got a cleaner. So I'm in the, I was in there yesterday scrubbing the showers, scrubbing the toilet. <laughs> um, you have to do it. And just everything you can imagine that, that yeah. that's needed for a gym to function properly, uh, we have to do. And we are very, we've been very blessed in the fact that we've got a good, clientele we've got a nice group of members there's very much a community feel and um, we've attracted the right members but i truly believe in the law of attraction if you put out the right message and you put out the right vibe then that's what you'll attract and without sounding cheesy your vibe attracts your tribe yeah man i love that i love that and I, you know you know what mm -hmm. I'm, I'm thinking about the whole time you're talking is that support system could you imagine you're going through all that you're going through before you guys um, came out on the good side. And your wife was like, listen, I'm not doing this. I have to stay in corporate, my corporate job. I can't support this. I, could you imagine the, 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 the headache at, at the job plus your home that that would cost? So I, I want to commend your wife for being just that good support system to get you to the other side, man. 100%. I'll be honest, I don't think it wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened. It w I wouldn't have got to where I am now if it wasn't for Sarah. Like She's been the rock. Um, but equally, we've helped each other. When she's been down, I've raised her up. When yeah. I've been down, she's raised me up. So 
that support system is critical. And for any of your listeners that are gym goers and it's that time of year now where people are trying to achieve stuff, they're trying to lose weight, they're trying to get in shape, they're trying to get fit. One of the critical things, and this is what we point out to our members and our private clients as well, is that you need a support system. It's one of the three pillars that we believe is necessary for success is a a support system. Without that, you won't be able to progress and you won't be able to achieve. And going beyond that, one thing that I wanted to mention earlier that I didn't mention was having a network. Yes, 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 yes. Coaches. One of my coaches said to me, Mm -hmm. your network is your net worth. So if you've got a good network, you're going to have a good net worth. So without that network of individuals that I'd built up over what, seven, eight years in the industry and outside of the industry away as well through networking and connecting with with business owners and, and people that I admired and looked up to without of that, without that support system, equally, I wouldn't be where I am now because when the times were hard, when things were going wrong and when I was struggling, I reached out for help. I reached out to that network. And that is another thing to point out to your listeners. Do not be scared. Do not be frightened to reach out for help because there'll be people that are on the same wavelength and the same vibration as you that want to help you, that want to see you do well, that want to see you succeed. And if you don't ask them for their support and their help, then they're not going to help you. If you don't ask, you don't get <laughs> You've got yep. to reach out and ask for help. And that's what I did. I, when we were struggling, when we was at the lowest of the low, particularly in a financial situation, I reached out to a guy that I knew. He put me onto another guy. He put me onto another guy. And that other guy that he put onto me is a current investor in our business. Wow. Wow. And he's invested mm. money into the business. He's helped us wow. with everything, with creditors, with cash flow, with finances. He is part of the business now just as much as me and Sarah. And without my network, I would have not met him and we wouldn't be where we are now. For those listeners out there that have no clue, you know, how to start even building a network or a positive network, you know, um, that one that's going to help them advance themselves. Because everyone has a network, you know, <laughs> whether you whether you intentionally did it or not, you know, you have some type of network, but how do you, you know, build a network that's going to be beneficial to you, you know, personally, uh, financially, yeah. whatever it may be. Um, can you, can you share yeah, for sure. how you've done that? I mean, everyone probably does it in, in different ways. For me, yep. it was, and again, this is probably overused, but it's about surrounding yourself with the right people. Um, a lot of the people I grew up with, um, with the exception of my best friend, who was the best man at my wedding, a lot of the people I grew up with, I don't even talk to anymore because they were on the wrong path. They were not on the journey that I was on. They were not in tune with with me. And I kind of cut them out of my life. And sometimes that's a difficult thing to do, especially if you've grown up with someone and you know them inside out and they know you inside out. To cut someone out of your life is a, is a big thing. But if you want to grow and you want to move forward, that's what you've got to do. So I think before even growing your network, you've got to kind of cut out the people that are bringing you down, um, that aren't raising you up. So cut them out. And as hard as it may be, you've got to do it. And then in terms of building a network, the way I did it was just getting myself out there. And I appreciate that not everyone is a people person. I mean, I'm quite an extrovert, but there's a lot of people out there that are introverts. But there's plenty of 
situations or opportunities you can do or you could put yourself into even if you are introverted where you can grow your network and look at the world we live in now we're super connected like look at us guys now we're speaking through a a, a phone <laughs> over yeah. the, on the other side of uh of the one well, not the other side of the world but you're across the atlantic ocean i mean the world's super connected you can connect with somebody in australia in hong kong in america in europe wherever you, the the world is connected so there's the, to, to be honest there's no real excuse for not being able to grow your network now but i'd say is the first thing is cut out the people that aren't bringing you up the second thing is probably make a list of people that you admire and that inspire you and that you can look up to and tap into their their knowledge and their inspiration and their wisdom and get their advice and pick their brains um get a coach get a mentor um and then just get yourself out there and meet people i mean a lot of my network grew from literally just networking so go into networking events meeting other businesses meeting like-minded people um and touching base with those kind of people to, to, to grow that, that network and don't just go and network, get a business card and then just leave it. You've got to keep that relationship going. It's, it's like, it's like a nice flower or a plant or a baby. You've got to nurture it. You've got to nurture your network to, for it to grow and for it to, to be able to help you at a time of need. And also another thing to point out about growing a network and networking is um, don't just take, 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 you've got to give. Yeah. Because I used yes, to yes. a networking organization called BNI. I don't know if yeah. you've heard of it, Business Networking International. No. It's a worldwide networking organization. So yep. all over the world. I was a member of that for five years. I'm not a member anymore, but I was. And their, um, their slogan or their tagline is give is gain. So if you give, you'll gain. Some people automatically feel intimidated because they may not be able to give what people usually think, oh, financially, I don't have the money or, you know, I, what they can give me is not equal to what they, I can give them, you know, uh, and they feel intimidated and they will, they, they won't step out. Are there any two guys on this planet mm-hmm. like you two? You're both unique. I'm unique. The person next door to you is unique. The person crossing the road is unique. Everybody is unique. You have something to give. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what walk of life you're from, whether you've got 10 million pounds in the bank or you've in your overdraft, it doesn't matter. You've got something to give. You will have a piece of value that somebody will need. And if, if you put yourself out there and you connect with that person and you don't believe that it's hitting off and maybe they can't see the value in you, then that is not necessarily your fault or your problem. Don't, don't sweat it and move on to the next person because there'll be somebody out there that wants what you've got. I'm telling you, yeah, I, yeah, hey, Ali, you said you're 30, 31 uh, years young. I'm cool. telling you, I love I don't, your parents did a, and your, um, your grandparents did a good job because you are dropping some gems right now. That answer right there, somebody is listening and they're just changing their whole mindset to think I'm unique and I have something to give. I love it, man. I love it. Hey, Ali, man, we really, really appreciate you being on this call and this podcast with us. And what we like to do is give an opportunity for those that may be in your area, our area, want to reach out to you, want to connect with you, want to join your gym, you know, 
uh, an opportunity to uh, reach sure. out to you. So my handle is Ali West Fitness. That's A L I <laughs> West W E S T, like the direction, uh, and fitness just spelt normally. So Ali West Fitness on Instagram. People can follow me, send me a direct message on there. I always come back to people. And also on my Instagram, there is my link to my email. But if you're not on Instagram, you can email me at ali.west at kineticfitness.co.uk and kinetic fitness is spelled k-i-n-e-t-i-k we've tried to be a bit quirky and spell it different so kineticfitness.co.uk ali.west at kineticfitness.co.uk people can link up with me on facebook as well it's just just search ali west and they can um send me a message or request my friendship on there and that's it really they're the main ones and the website is just kineticfitness.co.uk so you can get me on there and the podcast obviously as well. Uh, if they, if the uh, listeners just search kinetic fitness, um, I'm on everything, Spotify, iTunes, anchor, Google play, stitcher, everything. So if they search kinetic fitness and start subscribing and following, um, they can listen to the podcast and that's all centered around helping you to live a longer, healthier, happier, and more joyful life. Well, travelers, man, we are, coming to the end of another session. And we just really want to thank Ali for dropping his wisdom or even just his, his journey with us, sharing his journey with us. Uh, he talked about the highs, he talked about the lows. He talked about what it took for him to go from the low points to the high points. He talked about reevaluating his life at different ages and, you know, really just self-assessing all these things that we have been talking about over the weeks and over the weeks. And we're just glad that he was able to package, package it up in his own way. And we're hoping that his story uh, uh, motivated you, inspired you one, impo- one, one way to let you know that you are unique and that there's nothing out there that's like you. There's no person that's a carbon copy of you. So go out there and be fully yourself this year. Don't let anything hold you back. Just be the person that you were designed and called to be. Um, that is the, again, uh, the end of another session. Tune in to our other episodes Go and leave a, a comment, leave a review on iTunes or Google, wherever it is. Go to Ali's page, uh, Kinetic Fitness, and subscribe to his page as well. So he has a lot of deep content around the fitness. Um, and we will be back with you again next week. You've been listening to the Success Journey Show, where your dreams, drive, determination, and diligence are the foundation to success. For more information, check out thesuccessjourneyshow.com. The Journey Squad is here helping you to your destination. 